until the NWO came to WCW, um, it was like, if I was outside playing and my mom would be like, hey, wrestling's on. Oh, do you want to stay outside and play for another half hour, you know, before you have to go to bed? I'd choose outside. Okay. But then once, as soon as the NWO came, it was inside. Hulk Hogan, Scott, well, I love Scott Hall. He's probably like my second favorite wrestler of all time. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. The NWO just made it, it made it cool to be a heel. And ever since the NWO, that I've always wanted to be a wrestler since then. It's time! Are you ready? Let's go! Guess who's back? It's Johnny Cadillac! Let's start the show! Welcome to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac, and I'm, I'm going to say it right off the bat. This week's episode is long overdue. We've had my guest this week we've had on once before, but you'd have to have been the original formation of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk back in the heyday when it was just Facebook Live. If you go back to episode four of the strictly Facebook Live version, you'd see my guest there the first time, but he is back tonight. Again, long overdue, the MWA heavyweight champion, the main event, Van Johnson. Van Johnson, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. I'm still champ. Brian Blade still sucks. <laughs> I'm living pretty good. Good deal. Yeah, and we uh, we will talk all about that throughout the course of this interview. Um, but there's a... We're recording this on a Thursday night. Of course, it's coming out Monday morning. Uh, those people listening to this, it's Monday at the earliest. But we're here on a Thursday night. And I remember, I thought we'd agreed that we were going to come on on Tuesday to do this interview. Now, I know that the champ, especially the current champ, Van Johnson, never makes any mistakes. So uh, what happened there? Well, uh, Johnny, first off, I didn't make the mistake. It was my buddy Moose. Moose usually handles a lot of the paperwork for us. I know you guys see him come out. He's a he's a stud of a man in those overalls, but he does business. This time, Moose messed up the days a little bit. We apologize, and um, I think we can just leave it at that. Yeah. No. I mean, no harm, no foul there. I have respect. I mean, Moose might be dumb sometimes, but he's a good guy. Yeah. And I mean, we still got things worked out. We are here. We're recording this. There was just a little bit of a mis misunderstanding, misconception in the arrangement, but we're here. In fact, actually, did you text Moose the wrong day by chance? As far as I know, I, I told him Tuesday. All right. Well, Moose isn't always there in the head, but we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. All right. I mean, that's that's all you can do. I mean, I I, th I believe Moose is he's still capable of bouncing back from his mistakes. So. Uh, but speaking of mistakes, we then had some technological issues just getting you on the Zoom call for this interview. What what was going on there? Um, honestly, um, just because I don't know technology, and Zoom was not working. Oh, see, I thought I thought Zoom or that Zoom. I thought Moose had something to do with that too. But no, no, I'll take that one myself. Okay. I don't know okay. technology. Okay. I mean, I can't be the champ, good looking, and good at technology. Well, and you have many hats, as you're just mentioning, and looks like, sounds like you have uh, the Ohio faithful knows all too well. You you have a young one on the way. Is this what I'm hearing? 
I do have a young one with uh, Chief's daughter, Little Beaver. Well, congratulations. I ended that man's career in Ohio. I mean, first off, I'm sorry they had to end such a great career. And I'm sorry they had to be in such a shitty state as in Ohio. But, I mean, his legacy will live on. We'll have it. I'll have. I'll be the father to his grandkid. There you we'll go. Work it out eventually. You know, and I was going to bring this up. You know, eventually into it, but we're already talking about. It. So, I mean, when you were on when you were on Kai Chat Wrestling Talk before, I was, I was waiting and building up and building up and building up to having Chief Atakula Kula on Kai Chat Wrestling Talk, and then I put a montage together of of clips from all of you uh, honoring his career that was getting ready to come to an end at that point. Um, and you were, you were one of those and you, you mentioned how instrumental he was in your career, um, just with, you know, advice and all the time on the road. I mean, did it feel weird going around going full circle and making sure he, uh, he ended his career on a loss against you in Ohio? Like what was, how do you feel about that? And I mean, at the end of the day, I have respect for chief. I love chief. Um, one of my closest friends. He's definitely my definitely my closest person in the wrestling business. But Chief knows that, unfortunately, when you get older, you have to be put down. I mean, he would have done the same to an older guy if he had the chance. And I'm not going to let Chief just go out his career. I'm going to make sure I benefit from it. He dies, I get to step up. Well, and I step into his daughter, too. But that's a different story. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it sounds like you... Uh... You did just that. So, uh, I mean, nothing but love and respect for me to one Chief Atakula Kula. Um, one of the men I've always respected the most in this sport. And, uh, you know, he, he's stepped away from the ring and hopefully can see some better times despite the bitterness and saltiness he might have on how his career ended. But uh, at the end of the day, nothing but love and respect for him. Yes. So, now... I want to address the elephant in the room. For those people listening, last week on Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast, somehow the Lincoln listeners got what they wanted. The board of directors got what they wanted. I don't know. I'm not going to say I was desperate for a guest by any means, but I, I caved and I let one Christian Temple come guest on this show. It was a, it was a very interesting interview, but I, I want to want to reference one thing he said. I, I, I can't remember if I used it as part of the cold open or if I cut it off right before then, but you could hear it later on in the episode where he, he is saying that he's due his rematch, that that Van Johnson wrongfully, you know, moved him in the or moved the referee in the way of his big boot that got him disqualified in McCook. He's due a rematch in Lincoln for the title, but he went further on to say that he is pretty confident that when he gets that championship match, it will actually be against Brian Blade as a result of the August 24th show. Van Johnson, you're here a week later. I'm giving you the chance to rebuttal. What is your thoughts on what you're just hearing that was spoken on last week on Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk? Well, he probably thinks he's facing Brian because Brian's actually gotten smarter. Smarter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Over the last couple of months, have you seen more people have Brian's back? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, why? They don't think that Brian can beat me. They want Brian to beat me. Because they know as long as I'm the champion, as long as Doomsday is around me, they're not going to get anywhere near my title. Because I'm the champion. So I always have the championship advantage. 
And I will take that advantage. I will sneaky hit somebody. I will do the cheap shit. Blind Blade will not. I mean, in case they of- always want Blind Blade to get the to get that bell back because then they think they have a shot. And I'm not there to make the crowd happy to to get the one two three fairly. I'm there to keep my belt. More I have the belt, the more I get paid. That's true. It's always about the money. No arguments for me. And you've been in a very very successful title run. I mean, you won it yes. last what January, and here we are. We're approaching August, so we're looking at six, seven months already. And seems like you have no end in sight, nor sh- should you even think that kind of way. Like a true champion no. is here in the now. You know, you have the title on your on your shoulder, on your waist. Why think of it differently? I should not. Exactly. And the next match is a no DQ match too. It's I quit match. I'm never going to say I quit. I, I've never heard you say other than referencing it here. I've never heard you say those words in the nope. long time I've known you. So, um, and again, we're talking about where sometimes people want to stack the odds against you and you still prevail. It was a, a recent Lincoln MWA show. You had to defend in a four way against three opponents that you had already beaten. Well, of course, Christian yes. Temple, Mr. Fitness two. Alex Gretzky, and at the end of the night, you walked away still champion. Yeah, and the MWA needs to get some more talent in there, okay? I know Mr. Fitness 2 is a talented man, been all, been all around the world, talented man. Um, Alex Gretzky, amazing wrestler, talented man, great. Christian Temple, even though this hurts a little bit inside to say it, Christian Temple has a lot of skills. He's not as good as me. Like, I'm Jordan. He might be like Pippin. Okay. He's not there yet. Okay. Yeah. So maybe someday. And I think that's why he wants Brian Blade to win. Not because he cares that Brian Blade doesn't do the cheap stuff or he's a good guy. He knows that if Brian Blade wins, he'll have a chance. But I'm telling you right now, Christian, if you're listening, it's not going to happen. This title. Is going to stay around my waist, over my shoulder, however I want to carry it that day, for a very long time. And, my cat agrees, and she's just meowing right now. Oh, man. She knows. Oh, yeah, and I'm definitely not going to question any any judgment or any any statements that your cat wants to make. I've learned that lesson. Thank you. So, but, you know. Good job, Al. <laughs> and you've... you've overcome test after test it's not like you're you're asking for these situations to happen like i know firsthand because i'm always in the in the front row seat i oftentimes have to make the announcements and i know you you want to have it your way brian everyone who came to the last lincoln show expected van johnson to defend the mwa heavyweight championship against brian blade and then i announced brian blade had to go through a gauntlet as per your the work you did with Dave Sullivan, and uh, I announced that he was going to have to go through a gauntlet in order to get to you. Moose had opponent after opponent lined up for him. There was one point where he had to team up with MWA Women's Champion Judy Azul. He gets the job done. Looks like he's about to get a championship match, and still, at the end of the night, despite the fact that he had his hand raised with three other people, he did not walk away with the MWA championship. Correct me if I'm wrong in any of this. You're not wrong, and and this is not only to you. This is to the board. Okay, board. How the hell does Brian Blade keep 
making matches. Like he's automatically, he gives up his shot to to defend his friends in a eight-man tag we had. And then he automatically just gets to pick what match he has. I'm the champion, okay? Brian Blade was a stupid idiot who trusted someone else to sign something for him. Now, Dave obviously is on my side, so we kind of screwed Brian Blade a little bit. But Brian Blade gets to pick the match all of a sudden, just out of nowhere. Well, I don't like that. Uh, and I don't blame you. And here's the, uh, even more of a frustration, frustrating thing on that. You weren't even pinned in that eight-man tag. Nothing no. against the other members of Doomsday. But to me, if you want to pick a stipulation for a championship match that you're already questionably getting against the champ, shouldn't you at least have to pin the champ to get in that spot? Yeah. I think so. And I was not pinned. No. In fact, I even left the match early because I figured, who cares? I'm not going to waste my talent on eight-man tag that I wasn't even prepared for. I was there ready to fight Brian Blade one-on-one. I had confidence Brian was going to get through the, the gauntlet. I had confidence. The man okay. is a great, great wrestler. He is. But I thought it was going to be down to me and Brian one-on-one. But no. So... They throw eight-man tag. I threw myself out of the ring. And then Brian gets to pick the match. I know you're not the head of the board, but you need to tell the board, this pisses me off. Okay, and respectfully so. And uh, trust me, we've had some many, many frustrating times in our board meetings. There's been, you know, flares and fire-ups all over the place. Um, I've, it's no secret, I don't always see eye-to-eye. I think they should just entrust me completely with the announcements. I I think I've made some pretty good decisions in the past. I think so, too. And then there's times where, you know, the board of directors tells me I have to make some clearly uncomfortable decisions. I know especially Levi McDaniel has not liked some of the the announcements I had made, and he's expressed his, his anger and his frustrations with me, and I have to remind him that I'm speaking on behalf of the board of directors, or there's literally a contract put in my hand that I, my hands are tied on. But it gets very frustrating. I just want to let you know, as champ, as commissioner as I am, it gets frustrating when I have to make those announcements of something I don't agree with in the first place. So, but I, I will say, um, you are, you are going to be competing in an I Quit match with Brian Blade. And I know it's not really the... Uh, the kind of stipulation you would want, but how do you feel about this? Are are you uh, are you looking forward to the the challenge or like well, or being in I'll a high match in general? I I tell you the honest truth. Up until a few weeks ago, when I started to really think why Brian has so many friends now, I felt real confident because I mean, who's gonna help? Who's gonna handle me in Doomsday? Can Brian handle four and one? He can't handle that. Then I started to think. Pepper Cricket, those other guys, they've been just sneakily been by his side recently. And I already said why I think is because they need a title off of him, off of me to get to him. So I think me and Jumisay is going to have to have a meeting before the, the match and talk because I think Brian's going to bring some pop, firepower of himself, of his own. Yeah, no, and I mean, who's to stop you? I mean, you, you guys, Dave Sullivan will be back. 
Um, and uh, he's definitely got to he's he's in charge of the whole thing. Like he definitely has to share his wisdom and his advice because he. He's made it in the business, you know. He we've seen him yes. in WCW television. So be under his learning tree, be in his tutelage. I think is a huge deal to begin with, and for kind of being that lead wrestling wrestler role in that group, I think that's it, like right now not just even being the MWA heavyweight champion, but I think this is an awesome time just to have the wrestling career of Van Johnson with everything going the way it is in your career. Yeah. Dave's great. I actually talked to Dave about my concern about Brian having so many friends all of a sudden. And Dave said that he'll come out with me and um, just the rest, he'll, 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 under, he'll get the rest handed. Yeah, well, so I have no doubt in my mind that I'm coming out that night with the championship. No reason to doubt the confidence there. You have to, going off of our last Lincoln show, again, we, we honored the 2023 class of the Nebraska Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame that Dave mm -hmm. Sullivan is a proud member of, and he was suspended yep. from that show. And so this is his return to the MWA arena, the First Avenue Social Hall, for an MWA event since since his suspension. So you know he has frustrations. You know he's going to want to take it out on the opposition. You know he has heat with Brian Blade. So this is a very opportune time to be under the learning tree and the tutelage of Dave Sullivan. Yeah. So it should, uh, nevertheless should be a good event, uh, regardless of, uh, I'm, and you seem ready and I'm glad you do. Uh, you seem to have confidence and I know when we get closer and closer to August 24th, that confidence level will just continue to rise. It should be a good show. Uh, it should end in a, a very good match and looks like you have all the confidence in the world that you will, enter that arena the same way you're going to exit that arena still the main event still the mwa heavyweight champion yep that's what's going to happen i mean i don't mean to spoil it for all the people that are going to buy tickets but exactly how it's going down so i i do want to talk stemming off of that one man that has been okay. has been involved in this situation who was part of the opposition at the last lincoln show you have gone on interviews, including your original appearance on Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast, to talk about how much it meant to you and your career when the very first time you were the main event against Vinny Lee Glamrock. Uh, he's been involved. How does it feel now, like going full circle, being the champ, defending against him, being in all these matches with him, just a couple years removed from uh, from the matches you still hold in high regard in your career what what has it been like nowadays how cool has that been for you it's been great um now personally i don't like vinnie glamrock okay yeah that's fair i don't like him as a person i just don't care about the motherfucker oh sorry for cussing but um in the wrestling business you have to respect him yeah i mean he's wrestling madison square garden he gave me my favorite match of all time and i think why we mesh so well together in fighting is because he'll do anything in the world to make that crowd happy. He'll jump off stadiums. He'll do anything to make, to make those little kids in the crowd and the women in the background and the dads all have a smile on their face. But guess what? That's not me. I don't care if that kid's crying. I don't care if that mother's pregnant and puking. I don't care if that dad is literally undrugged. As long as they're paying the money, to see me, I don't care what their afterlife is. 
I don't care what they do. I don't care if they're miserable. They just need to pay and shut up and see me wrestle. I have the exact opposite that Vinny has. And I think that's why Vinny doesn't like me. I don't like him. And we mesh very well in the wing together. I mean, do you feel like he could be a lot of the reason why why the Hall of Fame team was victorious at that last show, pinning one of your, your team members? I mean, he, he had all the momentum in the world. He was already inducted in the Hall of Fame that night as it was. So, like, I, I'm thinking... Oh, he was definitely he was definitely on the higher level than he's been on in a while. Yeah, definitely. I was at a show in Pennsylvania with him a, a few months back, and he was definitely on a different level that, that night. But I think what honestly helped them win is when I left the ring. Yeah, I mean, even without me being in the ring, my presence just always like fantasticness. And when I left. I just think they took advantage of that, which is okay. I didn't care about the match. I, my, myself, I need to be protected. I defend that title a lot. A four-match a four match is nothing for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got you got to look out, too. Like, you got to look out what's best for you and, honestly, your livelihood. Not saying you would have necessarily risked your but you have to take things under perspective. You have a kid yep. on the way. That kid needs... Needs needs you to be there. Chief Atakula Kula's grandkid needs daddy to be there for him. So, yeah, because then uh, he's he might be some indigenous. So I mean, they'll they'll, they'll dying out pretty quick. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Uh, I'm assuming did you start as a, as a wrestling fan yourself before you were the fantastic champion. Let, uh, let's hear... Let's talk to Larry Robertson now. Uh, let's let's just hear kind of your uh, your start as a fan. Where where did wrestling uh, get introduced to you? Um, Take us back. Well, I always liked wrestling a lot. Like always, so my whole life, I've liked wrestling. But until the NWO came to WCW, um, it was like if I was outside playing, and my mom would be like, "Hey, wrestling's on. Oh, do you want to stay outside and play for another half hour? You know, before you have to go to bed." I choose outside. Okay. But then once, as soon as the NWO came, it was inside. Hulk Hogan. Scott, well, I love Scott Hall. He's probably like my second favorite wrestler of all time. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. The NWO just made it, it made it cool to be a heel. And ever since the NWO, that I've always wanted to be a wrestler since then. I, had, I got in my first, when I was about 14, my stepmom had this friend who worked in wrestling. He'd only like come, take down the wing, set up the wing, set up chairs, 
he basically just did what a lot of guys do, you know. He had no interest to wrestle. He was an older guy. But he would take me along. And as long as I helped with the chairs and um, stuff like that, I would get him for free. Okay. So I'd get him for free. This is Arkansas. And I thought it was so cool the first time um, someone told me that I had to go take this, like, vest back to the guys in the back. So that was my first time I ever got to see the back of the locker room. And I'm 14, 15, something like that. So I'm, I'm super excited. You know, yeah. these guys aren't nobody. These guys aren't been on TV. But they're just, they're, they're wrestlers, you know. So they're bigger than life than me, to me. Sure. And um, that's when I first started. And then I, this, the guy that was working there started to try to train me. But he did not do a very good job of training. Not at all. Hmm. Like, you do the fat, you know how you do a bump in your back first? Well, he wanted to do a flip bump first. And I was like, okay. Because how am I supposed to tell that guy he's wrong? You know, he's, right. gonna, he's a wrestler. Right. So I do the first flip bump, knock on the back of my head. I'm like seeing stuff. I set out the rest of the time. So then I didn't get another one, another try back again until I was by like 18. And then I got with Beast. No, a little, a little more than after 18. I did some backyard wrestling. Okay. Which is just absolute stupid. If I ever have a kid, I'm never letting them backyard wrestle. Fair it's enough. fun, but you don't know what your body goes through. My body feels like it's like a 50 years old body because I took stupid bumps when I was like 12, 13, 14. And I was not, you know, even 16, 17, even up to then, I still taking stupid bumps. And that's why you don't see me now take stupid bumps. You don't see me high fly out the top rope or nothing like that. The biggest move you're going to see me do is a frog splash. Okay. That's the biggest. Because I know that it hurts. And I, back then, I didn't know how to land or how to do anything really in the wing. So it was just stupid, you know, and try to pressure your friends, do stupid stuff on mattresses. And um, so then once I learned, that's why I hate people who backyard wrestle. Once you become a wrestler, don't backyard wrestle. Don't do it. I'm not talking about doing shows in other people's backyard. That's different. But don't go out there and do backyard wrestling stuff. I'm not a fan of it. I know some people still do it, and that's their, that's their choice. But unless there's a ring, I'm not doing it. That's fair. I, mean, I, I want my body to last a long time, and with stupid stuff, your body's not going to last a long time. It, what, what, were you involved in like with like the generic backyard wrestling with like just stupid hardcore a lot of like was there blood like uh, all these well no i didn't like hardcore i like watching hardcore but i didn't like doing hardcore so i would if anytime we had backyard wrestling i would want to have like an actual match, match. okay okay like cool. me and the guy and you know like we you know figure some stuff out and yeah. stuff like that i didn't want the hardcore stuff if i had to have a cool match that's fine but i didn't want that i didn't want my character to be a hardcore character i never really liked the hardcore character yeah. Well, and that's where, like, you know, talk about, and I've talked about my background on this podcast before, but, I mean, ultimately, when I met an individual you know very well in the Sieve, when I first met him, mm -hmm. it was kind of involved around a backyard group, but that was the nice thing about it is I asked a question right from the the very first week I was there, and I said, because, you, know, you know, on the PS2 and the systems at that time, they had a video game called Backyard Wrestling. It was run by, like, Insane Clown Posse. And it was... New Jack was on it? Yeah. It was just a generic, yeah. like, you know, bloody and, you know, adult-themed backyard wrestling. And I said, so mm -hmm. what is this? And they said, well, we, we like to be backyard wrestling only for the fact that we're in a backyard. We have a ring. Yeah. We, we want to put on a product. 
And so we they, they, they wanted to escape the mold of what that stereotype of backyard wrestling was, which was a reason why I was comfortable with staying involved with them. Because, you know, it, mm-hmm. to me it was just something that should be taken more seriously because ultimately I just feel like that stereotype is very real. And, yeah, it, it's something that's frowned upon and just – and I don't blame them because it, it's just – it's ridiculous. And, you know, people get hurt. And they're not professionally trained. It's just all, it's all sorts of a disaster waiting to happen. So, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm glad that you uh you saw that lining and you're like that if you were gonna be in the backyard that you were gonna want to do things right with it. So, yeah. Now, um, so you get your start there. I mean, you've already you've you've dealt you delivered gear back to different wrestlers at indie shows. Where I mean. How long later was it that you kind of got your start more in actual independent well, wrestling then? After a while, a little bit after that, I um, I didn't know if I, like, I knew I wanted to be a wrestler, but I didn't know how I was going to become a wrestler because I didn't know who I was going to get trained by and this and this. So I was going to actually become a kindergarten teacher because um, I really like kids and I'm really good with kids. And, but, um, like, it might be stereotypical, but, I don't think a lot of people want to hire a loud um, male figure to watch their five-year-old kids. Okay. Okay. That might be stereotypical, but that's sure. how it is. Like, I'm a male. I'm very loud. Um, so I don't know if, if a lot of people are going to – because when I was younger, it was a, it was mostly females were kindergarten teachers. Sure. Um, now, it's probably different now, but I'm thinking of when I was in school, you know. So I want to become a kindergarten teacher, but then I was like, uh – but then we moved to the Quad Cities, and um, we went to a backyard show. Uh, Steve was actually on that show that we went to the backyard show. I was on. wanting to bring that up, so anyway, it wasn't continue. a backyard show. So it was it was in it was actually in a biker like a biker shop. Okay, it was in the back of that shop. Okay, and um, I had saw a guy who wrestled there named Mega Phoenix. His name now is like Tyrone Stone before we stopped wrestling, but at the time it was Mega Phoenix. I saw him at a Walmart, and I go, hey, aren't you, um, I couldn't remember his name. I'm not disrespecting, I just couldn't remember his name. Sure. And I was like, aren't you, uh, he's like, Mega Phoenix? I'm like, yeah, there you go. I'm like, how'd you get in wrestling, you know? And he gave me the guy's name, so I got with him. And unfortunately, though, like, he did what a lot of people, I think, do to young guys. He just takes, he just took their money. So he took my money, and he had, like, Mega Phoenix teaching us some stuff. And no offense against Mega Phoenix, nice guy, still a nice guy today, still talk to him once in a while, but he just was not, he was not up there to train people. He was not that good yet to train people. Okay. I don't even think I'm good enough to train people. Sure. Training people is a different set of skills than just wrestling. Well, most definitely. I don't have the skills to train people, and I know that, and that's fine. Um, like Rick Flair, greatest of all time probably. He's only trained like one guy's whole career. So, I mean, like, it, you know, it doesn't mean you're not a good wrestler, you just not train. Yeah. So... Um, I would come in for like, you know, two to three hours. But then as soon as another wrestler would come up, um, Mega Phoenix would just let them have the ring and our session would just be over. It wasn't like if you see a vet in the ring and a guy comes up, he'll tell him to stay out of the ring. You know, Mega Phoenix didn't have that control and people didn't respect him enough to listen to him. So I really didn't get much time out of that. But then here comes Beast. Beast was at the show, and Beast saw me and a couple of guys, and he's like, those guys got talent. 
let me put them in a match. And that was that first three on one match that I had. And I was gonna say that um sorry. Uh that that just surfaced again recently, that that video I've seen it around making its ways around social media all these years later. Yeah. Um, so I had his match with him, Beast, you know, told me some stuff in the backstage, you know, got me ready, you know. And um three on one squash match, which I, no one should not come out the first few or five four or five matches, just squash matches. You gotta learn how to bump, you gotta learn how to feed, you know. Don't worry about offense right away. A lot of guys want you, but no. You can get over getting your ass beat for for ten minutes more than just having a, a regular match. Um and then I got with Beast and then I was with Beast for a while and a while and a while. And then after I got done basically with him, um, I went with Chief. And then after that, of course, you know, the story with Chief and me and did everything. Yeah. But for a while, yeah, I did backyard wrestling when I was younger. The problem with backyard wrestling when you're younger is that, like, you might have two or three guys that are, like, really, really set on doing it. But then you have some guys who just don't want to do it because it's a Saturday and they want to go play baseball or something like that. So a lot of the times, like, I thought I had a good, I think I have a good IQ for running a company. Now, I never ran a company yet, so I could be terrible. This is just me thinking I could, okay? Okay. So I would, I would do all the, 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 promos for the show or the matches set up the matches set up different promos and then people would just not show up so i'd have to redo it all again for the two or three guys who show up so it basically became like because once you you know how when you're younger you think wrestling is not predetermined yeah sure and when you're older you realize that it's it's a little more predetermined than you thought not fake, because I've been hit in the face a couple of times, and it's, trust me, it's not fake. Yeah. But when I, when, once you, I feel like you get two ways. When you're little, when you find out it's not predetermined, you either go into, oh, I hate that shit, because it's, it's, I'm using finger quotes here, fake, or you learn to love it a different reason. And I learned to love it for the chemistry of it, and the storyline, and like how, how it got me infected into it, you know, how much they, how much I hate that person, or how much I love that person. That's all emotions. And I think I do that a good job. I Because I, I said before, and you've seen my match, I don't do flippy stuff. No. But those people remember my name at the end of the show because I made them feel something. I either made them hate me, which is most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes it's love, but it's not usually MWA. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you have any promotions that you're working babyface in currently? Or is it just a... Uh... No. Okay, I didn't think so. I don't so, work babyface but... <laughs> a lot of places. But anyway, I worked in Arkansas a few months ago. I booked Babyface. Okay, yep, yep. Okay, and so, well, actually, let's. Uh, there's two different people I want to talk about, but ultimately, you said you 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 got with Chief. I'm assuming then you met Chief through Beast. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I mean, was Chief Chief working some of those same shows that you were getting those initial yeah, trainings the, with? The first show, like the first actual company company, I can say I was actually a part of was um i'm blanking on the name okay but it was in illinois okay and um and chief works for them too and that's actually they use chief's wing chief used to have an old wing a a smaller wing um and they would use that and so chief would rent that out to him so chief would get booked from them and then after that beast was riding with chief to a lot of -of out-of-state shows like minnesota wisconsin like every month, those two were guaranteed every month. 
So Beast would bring me along because I was an extra body and I could actually do stuff. And I was, I, I was skilled enough to, I wasn't as skilled as I am now, but I was definitely skilled enough to put me in a match with a guy and I could make him look good, you know, as a face. Cause I'm, I can sell pretty good and I make that man look good. Um, so Beast always brought me along. And also if they didn't have a guy for Beast, I could just get squashed by Beast. You know what I'm saying? He's a big guy. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. I'm a little, I was way little then. I was probably like 30 pounds lighter, 40 pounds lighter then. So, and I'm not that big of a guy now, but you know, at the time I was way younger, uh, way smaller. <clears throat> but yeah, I met Chief through Beast and that's, I met a lot of people through Beast, but Chief has to be the number one guy. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, it's from what you see of Van Johnson's legacy to date, I mean, Chief, Chief's fingerprints are all over that. You, you credit him learning as much as, and I think I've already alluded to this yeah. already, but you know, you wouldn't have the success that your career has had. No, quite frankly, if it wasn't it's for not Chief that, out like, of Kula Kula. It's not really he taught me anything in the wing. Like I watched some of his stuff, you know, and I copied yeah. some of his stuff, you know. Um, but what I love about Chief the most is that he just understands that the fans are the ones that pay the money. Like Chief is a six foot two, three hundred and eighty pound man, but he is not afraid to get his ass whooped, like literally whooped his ass, his bare bottom whooped like a baby. If those fans are mean in a good mood, like in Puerto Rico, you see one, he got whipped by a, a big like paddle and they pulled on his pants and whipped him and the crowd was going happy. Why? Because he knows what the crowd likes. It's wrestling. He knows that if a, and you should not feel embarrassed. Like I know a lot of small guys that won't get embarrassed. I'm like, you're five foot 10, 190 pounds. If a six foot two, 380 pound guy doesn't mind getting embarrassed, you should not be in mind getting embarrassed. Right. Don't put your ego. You're not stone cold. You don't have that big of an ego. No, absolutely. And I mean, especially if, especially, okay. So ideally in a lot of settings, you know, a wrestler's dream, like when they get their start is to be, I'm going to specifically say WWE because they've been around forever. And, you know, you think WWE, you think Vince McMahon, you're not going to go through, WWE in any sort of way without being embarrassed. McMahon was known for giving these big names just embarrassing spots. Like right before Roman Reigns got to as big as he was now, he you know Baron Corbin was forcing him to eat dog food. Like so, yeah. Really, you you shouldn't be like uncomfortable with doing some of those things that you wouldn't normally want to do in this business. Yeah, no, you have to be. You have to take the embarrassment because at the end of the day. Wrestling is a show. Yeah, so, exactly. Like you know, like you gotta make sure it's a show. It's not. If, if you want only combat, go watch UFC. Exactly. No. If you want a soap opera style action? Watch the WWE or AW, AW or Impact or wrestling itself. Right. You know? Yeah. No. No arguments for me. Now you, I I smile because we all know how close I am with the Steve. And you mentioned it already. You went. You just went to an indie show somewhere there in well, Illinois, and the Steve's working that event. Did you really? Did you have it in your head? You'd eventually come full circle. Where I mean, I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he wasn't necessarily in a main event spot in that show, was he? Was he just? No. Um, do you know who Peter Be Beautiful is? I say the name one more time. Peter Be Beautiful. Uh, maybe, but. Anyway, he's more of a hardcore, hardcore okay. legend. 
Um, he wrestled for the Arlington Heights show that we did. Gotcha. Um, last Arlington Heights show we did. Okay. Um, he tagged with Steve that night or that day, technically. Okay. But I don't. I don't think they. The main event was. I actually remember the main event was Cowboy Troy Hansen. Okay. Versus Cowboy Bob Orton. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think I'd heard that Bob Orton was a part of that show. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's just yeah. And Steve was there working the event. It was. It was. Uh, you were just up and coming, just as a fan, like in the mm-hmm. indie scene. And fast forward, now you're in a dominant faction with the Steve by your side, and you're the champ. Heading over all of that, like it's just a crazy full circle story to me. Full circle, it's great. You just never know. Like it's it's the the world is so small. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's just it's for lack of a better term, it's fantastic. Van, so, lack of a better, the only word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard the word fantastic. What's that? But no, yeah, and it's uh, the best. yeah, it's so. We're talking Van, fantastic Van Johnson. You, you you find a lot of ways to make puns with your name. Where ultimately, um, whether it's a good story or not, where did the name Van Johnson come from? How'd you come up with that? Okay, well, I wanted a name to sound like it's actually my name. Like I didn't like names like say Earthquake, right? Okay, so it was a great guy, but nobody nobody thought his name was Earthquake in real life. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I like names that sound like they could actually be your real name. Like Kevin Nash is his real name. But even if it wasn't, someone could have the name Kevin Nash. It's a realistic name, you know? Yeah. So I wanted a name that sounds like it could be a name. And I actually had band shoes on, band, you know, skater oh, shoes, you know? Okay. I had those on. And I was like, I'm trying to think of a name, trying to think of a name. And I had the band. So I'm like, Band sounds like a pretty cool name. And I'm like, I just want something generic that goes with Band. Nothing like Van. Skylar Beatty or something like that. I just needed a generic name. And Johnson is the most generic name I can think of besides Smith. And that oh. is actually how the name Van Johnson came about. Huh. Okay. That's all right. Yeah, it's not that great. But that's my name. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Hey, kids. origin stories, nevertheless. I always am all about yes. those. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've been talking for a while. I'm going to go ahead and kind of wrap things up. But uh, I, I, I like... You know, we're in pro wrestling's a crazy sport. You've done a lot of things. Um, you are the only person I know who's really in my life that of like my friends that I've I've seen take a border toss from Hernandez. I know that's a move us he's like, you know, in a, a big name organization like TNA, he's just not ultimately comfortable even doing because That's the scariest move I've ever taken. I I I believe it. It's the scariest move. But you could say you've taken it, you know. I mean, I've taken it. Yeah, it's a damn scary thing, though. Um, but yeah, so you've you've done a lot, and you've worked with big names. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back because we've talked about this before when you were on here before. But again, the audience has changed a little bit. Speaking of big names, I remember Elgin, Illinois, two years ago. Record has it somewhere out there. They were saying that. Juno Granger defeated Christopher Daniels thanks to help from Eric Bischoff. There was three names, but if I remember right, I thought it was a six-man tag and might have had some sort of involvement with you. How do you remember things going from that night? Well, I remember that night. It was going to be me, Levi McDaniel, the answer, and then Juno Granger 
Okay. And let me replace that. The answer and uh, Juno Granger and that means we just let that piece of crap follow us. He didn't get the pin. He didn't get the pin on Christopher Daniels. He didn't get the pin on anybody. He did nothing in that match. And for him to come out and say that he got a win over Christopher Daniels with the help of Eric Bischoff, no. It should have said, I rolled the answer's coattails into a victory that I'm going to be able to talk about the rest of my life. Well, and to to set the record straight, it was a six-man tag. And again, talk about full circle because... We've already talked about Vinny Lee Glamrock on this interview, and he was in that match. It was the answer in yep. Juno Granger against the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. He was there. Eric Bischoff did get involved. But it was Christopher Daniel, Vinny Lee Glamrock, and Nick, the bar owner of the Old Republic. And I yeah. just love how we always say Nick, the bar owner. Like, that's his only name. <laughs> that's, that's how I've known him. <laughs> that's how I know him, too. So uh, It's not, not going to ever change. And yeah, I, I don't remember I don't remember seeing Christopher Daniels getting pinned. I nope. remember Juno Granger raised his hand with two other guys with the answer at the end, but I don't even remember seeing seeing him get the pin. As far as I'm concerned, the answer was victorious after Levi McDaniel got the pin. The gloater, if anybody should be the gloater, it should be Levi. Levi got the pin. Yeah. I mean no arguments for me, but it just seems to always get brought up in conversations we have, and so now we have more of an audience behind this conversation, so I wanted to make sure you had the opportunity to set the record straight there. Yeah. Record straight. Juno, you're a loser. <laughs> you bandwagon, and you got a victory. Congratulations. But, I mean... We had three shows in all... We had three shows there. I won every match I was in. And to your credit... You won a championship that you always forget about, and I have to remind you that you're the Modelo champion. I do forget about that title. <laughs> I mean, probably because it's Mexican and they're easy to forget. You you <laughs> you think more about things like winning a game of pool against Hillbilly Bubbles, so you would you'd be seen as yeah, the NWA hardcore champion. I don't know what the hell the motherfucker thinks. But you you forget about you know the Modelo. Would you want a ladder match, a multi man ladder match to get that championship? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, I guess I did that. But I did all these other cool things, too, so that kind of falls in the background. And I beat Gl- Vinny Glamrock in that match, too, and that's my favorite part of it. There you go. Again, Vinny, it just seems like you talk about, you can't, you can't, cannot talk about the career of Van Johnson without mentioning Vinny Lee Glamrock and Brian Blade. Oh, yeah, no, to be, uh, to be honest to Vinny Glamrock, if there was no Vinny Glamrock, I don't think there'd be a main event. Okay, that yeah. That night against Vinny made me the main event. That was, I wasn't in the back, but she said in that match, everybody was on the curtains looking at the match. Yeah. And um, that doesn't happen a lot in my match before this, but like everyone was at the curtain watching the match. That's the first time Alex Gretzky's ever talked to me. Like he wasn't ever mean to me before, but he would just say hi. And that was it. You know, after that match, he sat down, he talked to me. And I think I would just, I, I think I owned his respect a little bit in that match. Um, so yeah, without that match, there'd be no main event. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're giving credit where credit's due again. Let's, uh, let's set the record straight then with, with, uh, just some thoughts that others may have. You are the MWA heavyweight champion. Remind me this title reign, who did you defeat to become MWA heavyweight champion? Well, I, I defeated Brian Blade. Okay. Uh, but you're a two time MWA heavyweight champion, meaning you won it the first time. Who did you defeat to win your first MWA heavyweight title? Brian Blade. 
What? Hold on. So you're telling me that you defeated Brian Blade twice? Twice. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I, let the record speak for themselves, and Brian Blade thinks he has all the confidence in the world. Like, Well, he feels he has all the confidence in the world that, that he's going to come out of August 24th as a new 1001-time MWA heavyweight champion, but uh, I think you have his number here. I do. Two. He's only beat me one. Yeah. But... I mean, it was, we 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 ain't playing we ain't playing golf. Nope, two's over one. Yep, yep, two's greater than one. So, uh, talk about you already have a championship advantage. Everyone who knows anything about wrestling knows about the championship advantage. And uh, I mean, they say, oh, you don't have a championship advantage because it's an I quit match, meaning you can't get disqualified, you can't get counted out. The championship advantage is still very much a thing, regardless of what the rules of the match are. So you automatically have the championship advantage. I just I want to set the record straight there. And you have all the reason in the world to be confident, as confident as you are, for your upcoming championship match. Oh, I'm very confident. There's not even a, a, a whisper in my ear or nothing like that. There's always, I'm going to be successful. There you go. Now, uh, speaking of Brian Blade, I've, I've talked to him before I've a couple different times on this podcast. I've talked to other people. I'm going to give you a, a scenario here. Because I'm all yeah. about fantasy booking, I'm gonna I'm gonna pair you with any big time wrestler I can think of off the top of my head, and I want you to give me who let's 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 say it's I'm not gonna say mixed tag team match, but let's put you and this person in against another well established in the mainstream wrestling wrestler of any any one of your choosing, and somebody that we would know from the MWA, whether past or present, uh, especially because that's the promotion I know you best through. So if you want to okay. do an MWA alumni, by any means you can. I'm going to team you with, I know you're a Chris Jericho fan. You've mentioned it on, on Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk before, but I feel like that's a little too obvious. So let's say I'll team you with JBL. Van Johnson and JBL okay. as a tag. What, what would you think of JBL as a tag team partner, first of all? Well, first off, he had the best clothesline. No offense against Stan Hansen. Best clothesline. I know a lot of older guys are going to be like, oh, Stan Hansen. No. Best effing clothesline. That move was the move. Clothesline from hell, great move. Oh, yeah. I feel like we'd be good. Yeah. JBL's a big guy. I can talk some trash. And then, bam, clothesline from hell, bitch, out the door. There you go. So the dream tag team match that I'm presenting you with, I know I'm putting you on the spot. Who are your opponents? My opponents are Alex Gretzky and old, old time Marty Gennetti. Oh, okay. You want to expand on your reasoning for the two of them? Well, because Marty Gennetti's old, so I better kick him in the leg and win. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. You did say old time. You did. I always want to see Alex Gretzky get clothesline from hell. Fair enough. Fair enough. Man, Alex Gretzky, I hope you're listening to this episode because I'm going to, even if it's just talking to you in person, I want to hear what your reaction is to this because I'm like, I wouldn't mind seeing this match. Of course, I I will still only think of Mari Gennetti kind of in his prime. 
um, which you uh, he's a tag team wrestler, but JBL had his start as a tag team. Re- well, not his start, no. but he uh, yeah, where he stopped. really got far? famous was a, a tag team wrestler. His in the APA. biggest days before he became JBL were definitely in the APA. Yeah, but Justin Hawk Bradshaw was a thing before all that. So yeah, yeah. So again, give credit where credits due. So uh, uh, that's kind of what I had in my mind and a very fun conversation we had today. Any sort of plugs, shout outs, anything you want to do, take the time for at this time as we wrap up tonight's interview. I got no real plugs. Um, Just come enjoy NWA Wrestling. We're all around the Midwest, Um, mostly Lincoln. That's our home show. Um, So if you have a Lincoln area, Come see me. I will have barely any clothes on, so that's a good thing for the women. Um, and I guess for some of the men too. I mean, I don't care. Look, if you want, you know, I'm getting paid. There you go. Um, but MWA is also around a lot of places. So we'll be in Minnesota in a couple weeks. We'll be in Chicago, um, in Chicago area, not technically Chicago, Chicago area, in like a week and a half. Or, sorry, like two weeks and a half. Um, so we just don't just stay around Lincoln, which I think is pretty uh, pretty great because a lot of independent companies only stay around the town that they're from. And Brian Blade, don't want to say this, and the MWA deliver a lot of great content a lot of different places. Yeah. But no. just plug and look me up on Van Johnson 87 on uh, TikTok, Van Johnson 87 on um, Snapchat. Look at my you um, Facebook page, Van Johnson, um, YouTube, Van Johnson 987. Look at all my matches. Um, just like I said, just to keep enjoying wrestling and keep coming to see me wrestle. And I will keep doing fantastic stuff. All right. Van Johnson, a very, very busy champion with a child on the way. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of what is oh, obviously. Wait, wait, wait. I want to say this. Love you, little beaver. <laughs> yes. Obviously a very busy schedule. The fact that you took time out of it to come on the Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, buddy. Yeah, it's always always a pleasure working with you. And before that Lincoln, Nebraska show, I will see you in Two Harbors, Minnesota. Looking forward to that as well. So, I'll see you then. All right. This has been another episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast with the MWA heavyweight champion, mind you, the main event, Van Johnson. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac. And until next time, we will see you then. Have a good day, everyone.